0: Welcome to the Have You Ever podcast. My name is Michael Nielsen, a fitness enthusiast, lifelong learner who is always asking questions. Each week I will dive into topics you've always wanted to know more about but never had the courage to explore. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now let's jump into your weekly dose of Have You Ever. This week I'm chatting with Sarah Stein on concussions and post concussion syndrome, or PCS. As always, this podcast episode is about sharing information it does not substitute professional medical advice it is important to always seek the advice of a physician or qualified health care provider sarah stein is the mother of two a court reporter turned personal trainer she is extremely passionate about helping others live up to their full physical and mental health potential now with pcs she has an even more clear understanding and vision on what her purpose is for her coaching business She is extremely active and spends most of her time outdoors in nature. Sarah shares her story on PCS in hopes that even just one person can relate and can be inspired to get back to living a life they deserve. Highlights of today's episode include Sarah tells the story on how she suffered her concussion, she shares the most important things that have helped her in her recovery journey, and how her injury has made her a better fitness coach. Here we go with Sarah Stein. Welcome back everyone to the Have You Ever podcast. Today I'm here with Sarah Stein. Sarah, how are you today?
1: I'm doing well, thank you. How are you?
0: Great, thanks. So Sarah, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and the story of your concussion.
1: Sure. So I am a young mom. I consider myself young still. I have two, 12-year-old daughter and a five-year-old boy. I have been a personal trainer since, well, full-time since November of 2019. As far as my injury goes, I have post-concussion syndrome as well as a minor traumatic brain injury. I was involved in a motor vehicle accident September of last year where I was just traveling through my green light and I just happened to absolutely collide with another driver who was ultimately running red lights through the city and um, we collided. There was no brakes. It was just I was doing about 50 kilometers an hour and he was known to be doing about 70 kilometers an hour and we just... Hit the front ends of each other's cars. I sent him into the front window of a restaurant, which was thankfully closed at the time. And I am not exactly sure what happened to my vehicle. But from what was told to me, I did at least my vehicle did at least two 360 degree spins until I came to a stop. The first spin, I actually, I, I somewhat remember being in motion. It was very slow motion. And I remember hitting my head and I remember hearing the crash and the horn and all of that. But at some point I must have lost consciousness during the second spin and coming to a rest because by the time I got out of my vehicle, there was quite a crowd of people there. But yeah, that's how I sustained my concussion. It was a pretty serious motor vehicle accident.
0: And did you just walk out of your car?
1: Oh, yes. I am. Once I, once I came to my vehicle was automatically calling 911 and there were so many people and I ultimately ended up kind of spilling myself out of my car and trying to figure out what happened because I had no idea, not a clue. Yeah.
0: So what were some of those first signs that you had a concussion?
1: So initially, I I didn't feel a thing. My adrenaline was just pumping through my body. And the only thing that I could feel was a small cut on my hand. I had no idea that I was suffering from any concussion symptoms until about two or three days later, um, after a few sleepless nights, which I kind of just chalked up to having that adrenaline still going and coming off of that crazy experience. It was about two days later, I woke up and I was really nauseous and I ended up throwing up and I called myself an Uber and went to the hospital. And that's when I was diagnosed with a concussion.
0: Oh, wow. Now you had mentioned this was not your first concussion. In any of those previous injuries, did you have any kind of post-concussion symptoms?
1: I had absolutely no symptoms in any of those previous injuries. I didn't have anything long-term. It was just a couple of days just to kind of get back on my feet. And I was ready to go. Nothing long-lasting.
0: So what would you say has been the things that have helped you the most to improve your health this post-concussion?
1: Yeah, so being in the industry that I'm in, I'm aware of our physiology and I'm aware of how our bodies and our brains work together. And so when I was diagnosed with a concussion, I was extremely determined to get back to work and just carry on my life. So I just started doing a lot of research into What's recommended for concussion now, which has changed a lot since, you know, going back a few years where it was like you get a concussion, you sit in the dark for a few days, you stay away from light, you don't do any exercise, where now they've kind of turned that page and they're sort of recommending, you know, read for 15 minutes a day, go for a nice 30 minute walk. So I started doing those things right away. And then another thing that was very helpful for me was diet. I started reading some books about concussion um, diets which was typically a high fat, high healthy fat diet as well as supplements, vitamins and supplements to help alleviate some inflammation and to help with mood and things like that. So I just right away was diving into almost anything and anything that I can get my hands on that would help me get through this process and and in my head at that point was make this as fast as possible this recovery let's turn this around as quickly as possible
0: you had mentioned to me that it has been about 12 months since your concussion and with any kind of injury doesn't matter what it is there's always going to be some sort of progression in that recovery so now 12 months later what are you finding that's helpful now in your recovery journey
1: well Mike I think that the The biggest thing right now that is helping with my journey is actually the acceptance of this injury, coming to terms with the fact that there's no predictability with how long this is going to take. There's, I've had to let go of all expectations, you know, being a personal trainer, we put people through workout programs, you know, you work this program for six to eight weeks, um, you ultimately get better at that and it's time to progress and that you know, has been engraved in my mind. That's my mindset when it comes to any type of training of your body. And I was really stuck in this cycle where it wasn't working for me. So now, twelve months later, um, and it was about at the twelve month exactly where I was like, okay, you know what? This is this is looking a little bit more long term than I had anticipated. It's time to, you know, slow down even more than what I thought I needed to do initially. So it's acceptance for sure. For sure. Acceptance of of what's going on here rather than this expectation. I should be better now.
0: Right. Just kind of let life go as it will.
1: Yeah. And just kind of working on that, that pace, right. We're all in this fast paced life cycle and we don't know how to slow down and we're so caught up in all of these things. And that's who I was before. And it was a matter of just really accepting this new pace in my life and really understanding that the reality is my recovery is a full-time job right now. And especially having to take care of two kids, that's about all I have in me every single day, the kids and my recovery. And there's not really room for anything else.
0: Now, concussions, mental illness, PTSD, post-concussion syndrome, you know they're really all hidden illnesses. You know, I can't see that someone's suffering. You know, I can see someone's got a broken arm, a broken leg, you know, for very physical obvious illnesses, I can see what that person's dealing with. But when I look at you, Sarah, I have no idea what you're struggling with. So for someone who has experienced these feelings for the past year, What advice would you give to others who are interacting with yourself or others who are experiencing these concussion symptoms or any kind of post-concussion syndrome?
1: Definitely. Um, well, the funny thing is, this whole experience has really opened my eyes up to a new level of empathy for other people. I've worked with a lot of people with mental illnesses. I've worked with a lot of people with chronic pain. And I can tell you right now that I never had the level of empathy for any of those people or clients that I would come across that they truly deserved. It is. So incredibly hard to explain to people what you're going through unless they've been through it. So, you just really have to be kind to yourself and kind to other people. And also, really letting go of people who are not supporting your journey. That doesn't mean they need to understand exactly what you're going through. But if there are people in your life that are putting these pressures on you that are causing you to experience symptoms or feel a certain way, giving you anxiety, not really like, for example, I had some friends that, you know, they were they were late a lot when we had dinner plans and, you know, they weren't really showing up on time. And now my time is so valuable to me because I prepare for these things like I have to mentally prepare to be around a group of people where before I was, you know, I love, I was the center of attention. I loved being around groups of people. I love speaking to everyone. And, and now people look at me and I look like the same old Sarah and they have absolutely no idea what's going on. So a huge part of this has definitely been the development of empathy, not just for other people, but for myself as well.
0: A good learning experience. I'm sure. Definitely. So for anyone who has you know, any kind of injury, it doesn't matter if it's the brain or the body, it's going to vary person to person. And someone listening to this podcast who may have any kind of concussion symptoms may not have experienced any of your symptoms that you've talked about, but what would you give for some general advice for someone who is struggling right now?
1: Yeah, that's a really great, a great question because, you know, PCS, post-concussion syndrome, MTBI, minor traumatic brain injury. These injuries are so non-linear. It is so different from person to person to person. You don't know what their home lifestyle is. You don't know what their work life is like, their family. There's so many different variables to it. And honestly, the absolute best Advice that I can give to anybody is to just be patient with yourself and also let go of any expectations that you have in your recovery process. Let go of expectations that you may have on your family, yourselves, your spouse, your whoever's in your life, it gets extremely frustrating when you're in this state of mind where you just want everybody to understand what you're going through. But it's not your job to explain that to anybody except for your doctors to try to find the best help you can get, um, which can be frustrating in itself. I'll tell you right now, this has been the the most lonely part of my entire life. The amount of friends I've sort of lost throughout this process, the support group that I thought I once had, that's no longer around. Like those have been huge barriers that I've had to overcome. And so, like I said, my best advice would be to let go of those expectations of yourself and others. And if something doesn't feel good, then you have to just not do that something. You have to to let it go. It's just not who you are anymore. You're a different person now. And although you can get back to your old self, I totally believe in that and a better version of it. And that it's definitely just becoming more patient in with yourself and with life in general.
0: You've touched on this a little bit. We've talked about, about your personal life, how it's changed post concussion. But if you want to touch a little bit more, you know, how now, you know, a year later have things changed compared to how you were 12 months ago?
1: Yeah. One thing I just want to add to that piece of advice before um, is during this process, it's really, really important that you advocate for yourself. Mm -hmm. So if you're feeling a certain way and something is happening, you need to reach out to your doctors. And you should have a team of doctors. It's never just one doctor. You need to keep trying different things, different avenues, different forms of treatment until you find something that works for you. So I really wanted to make that clear. You do have to advocate for yourself because since this is so nonlinear, the only way you're going to get the help you need is if you specifically ask for what you think you need. So I just wanted to add that in there for you, Mike. Sorry, I missed that. No, it's fine. (laughs) Um, No, it's having
0: that team approach is great.
1: Absolutely. And it, it may change every couple of weeks, every couple of months, but you just have to keep adapting to what's working for you. So, and yeah, so to get to um, how my life has changed. Well, I mean, I am a personal trainer. I had two school aged kids. So when they were in school, my life completely revolved around my business. I'm self-employed. The clients that I worked with were my clients. I was the one soliciting to receive new clients. I was the one building the programs, doing the research. You know, I was running my own business. And so I was... You know, sometimes going to the gym early in the morning, going to drop the kids off at school, going back to the gym, going to have lunch, going to pick the kids up from school, making them dinner and then going back to the gym. So sometimes I was working, you know, 16 hour days and I was bouncing around and I thrived off of that lifestyle. I loved it. It was so fast paced and it was who I was to the core I had left, you know, the corporate world that I was in for over 10 years to pursue something that I was passionate about. And for it all to come crashing down, COVID aside, crashing down in front of me, it was a huge lifestyle change. But the most important thing that I've taken away from it, two things, is I have developed an even closer relationship and bond with my children You know, we've spent so much time together over the last year that we'll probably never, ever get to do ever again. So I feel extremely blessed every single day when I get to go through my days being so close with my kids, as well as I've had to completely change my niche of the type of work that I do. I was a strength and performance coach. I was a heavy lifter throwing barbells around, you know, training my clients. The ultimate goal was to be able to get under that big barbell, big do some big deadlifts and it was just a very highly athletic and performance based view that I had on my career and my business. And now with my injuries, I've had to sort of take a a look at what I'm going to do. And really I started doing what I do to, because I love working with people. I love hearing their stories and I love helping people achieve what they want in life by feeling good. And I've really had to learn that ultimate goal doesn't need to be throwing big weights around anymore. It's really just a matter of having um, a coach that you can depend on and to keep you accountable, someone that you can talk to, someone that you trust and someone that is going to be looking out for your best fitness interests. And like I said, that doesn't mean big weights anymore to me. And really, I don't think it ever meant that to my clients either but now it's like, how do we go through life now living with the most amount of reduced pain, the, the healthiest, clearest mindset on your you know, weight loss goals, your nutrition goals? And it's really um, relieved a lot of pressure that I was putting on myself and perhaps putting on my clients day to day as well. I've had to scale back and there's so many layers involved and now we're right to the core.
0: You kind of learn a lot, as you mentioned before, you become a lot more empathetic and realize that there are bigger things that the clients need, perhaps. And so I wanted to talk about your kind of work as a fitness coach. And you mentioned already that empathy. What else have you learned uh, through this experience that's helped you become a better coach now?
1: Yeah, that's a really tough one. I went through um, a phase over the summer where I was having some serious imposter syndrome. So I don't know if you know or are aware of what imposter syndrome is. It's basically like you feel like an imposter. You're acting and being somebody who you're not, you know. So here I am trying to advocate health and wellness, but I feel so unhealthy and so unwell that I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. I'm spinning out of control. I don't know how I can provide coaching to people anymore because I don't even know what I'm able to do, what my capacity is, what my exercise looks like. Being a coach, I think the most important thing now, being a coach, is obviously your knowledge of the mind and body. Whereas before it was mostly just body. And now I'm like totally connecting that mind and body as well as, you know, that word being empathetic towards people. most people just want to get active and not to look a certain way, but to feel a certain way. And for me personally, that's what my day in and day out now is when when I'm exercising. I need to I want to feel a certain way. I'm not going to maybe ever look how I looked before. Um, And that was a hard thing for me to accept because I'm like, people look up to me. This is what I'm supposed to look like. This is, you know, this is who I am. And then when that changes, you're just kind of scratching your head and going, well, who am I? What can I provide to these people? What kind of advice can I give to them? And that's where it comes in just sharing my story and, people can relate on so many different levels. And now I find that I'm forming an even deeper connection with past clients and current clients because they actually look at me and go, okay, she is suffering from chronic pain. I suffer from chronic pain. So, you know, Sarah knows that there's not just a physical aspect to this, that there's also a mental aspect that we have to work within. And now I feel like you know still being a co- i feel like i am the best coach that i've ever been
0: yeah you're probably much more relatable now to your clients than you were a year ago
1: definitely that's for sure
0: and yeah that understanding of hey you know i couldn't get my workout in today because i feel like crap and i've felt like that for a few days and you probably wouldn't be able to relate to them a year ago but now Hey, I get it. You're in pain. You can't do something.
1: Yeah. And there's, there is a fine line there, right? Because you want to be able to push yourself and you want to gain momentum and you want to have that positive mindset, which is how it basically works for anyone out there that's not experiencing some sort of illness like this. And that was the hardest thing for me. It was listening to my body and But not just listening to my body, like really tuning in to how I was feeling mentally, how my body was feeling physically and just allowing myself to take that day off. So it's. It's so true when somebody's saying they're having a bad day now. I mean, the old coach, Sarah would be like, no, just come on. Let's push through this. you got this, you know, and now it's like, okay, I want you to stay motivated and I want you to stick to your goals, but you know, your body best, you're listening to yourself and I trust your ability to make this decision. And now I'm just more of a supporter in any way that I can be rather than just in the gym.
0: Right. You can guide them along
1: exactly. however they're
0: feeling
1: motivated. Yeah. yeah. What
0: resources have you found were the most helpful on your concussion and post-concussion syndrome kind of journey?
1: Yeah. So, of course, I'm I'm losing um, the name of the book, but I believe I spoke to you about it before. It was a book by Dr. Chu. I can't think of what it's called right now, of course. Um, That was the first book that I had read where it really dove into a lot of nutrition and mindset things. But to be honest, Instagram. Instagram, I have found the uh, most support there, joining communities like there's Post Concussion Inc., um, there's Brain Save, there's Concussion Foundation getting involved with those communities and reading about other people's stories and what's worked for them and try this and that, like it can get really overwhelming with the amount of information that is out there. And you can really find yourself in a rabbit hole. And that kind of it's going against what you're ultimately trying to achieve. So you have to really be careful because, you know, you might read someone's story and be like, well, I have this and I tried that and it didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. But really, like I said before, it's so nonlinear, so different for everybody that you just got to try what works for you and stick to it. So really connecting with people and communities um, where there are so many stories being shared and you can kind of just pick and choose what you want to try and, and you just... you you just go from there. But yeah, I only read one book because it was after that book that I realized I was having trouble reading with my concussion. I was having some vestibular issues. So that was the last book that I read. But um, on that note, it's actually a really easy read and it's designed for people with concussion Mm -hmm. to be able to to read it. So um, I definitely recommend that book and there is an audio too. And maybe I can, I can tell you the name of that book. Later, and you can add it into
0: it. We'll add it into the show notes.
1: Let's see, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, Sarah, what's one thing you want our listeners to get out of today's conversation?
1: Well, I think something that is really, really important for people who are um, suffering from PCS is to not lose yourself in the process. This process can get extremely lonely, it can get extremely confusing. You know, coming from myself, who was an extremely active person, one doctor that I had met with at the beginning of summer was, he told me, and I'll never forget, and this is what I did. He said, get outside, plant your feet in the ground, go for bike rides, go for walks. He even told me to swing a golf club, play some frisbee. He wants me to challenge all those, sims, those systems that I'm having difficulty with right now. But in order to challenge those systems, you need a recovery time. So that's when it comes back to being patient with yourself. For me, I... I stopped working altogether. And I said, I'm going to focus on myself. And I know that's not an option for everybody, but even though it might be really difficult, it might just be your best option because your ultimate goal is to recover and focus on yourself. And so I don't want people to lose themselves in this PCS journey, It's still getting out there and doing what you love to do. And if you get home that night and you don't feel well, then maybe that was a little bit too much. Maybe that four hour hike could be a two hour hike. But my point is get out there and do things that you always enjoyed and you will get back there. I think that a lot of people quit on themselves. They quit on life they're stuck at home, nobody's understanding, you know, it gets really dark and lonely when nobody starts to understand and that takes a huge mental hit on you. You need to stay active. And that, if that just means 30 minutes a day going for a walk or going on a bike ride, that's where I'm at right now, 30 minutes a day. And that was hard for me because I always want to do more. But I think that connecting with people researching things that are going to do well for your health. I've mentioned the vitamins before, um, watching your nutrition, you want to stay away from anti-inflammatories altogether. You want to be really careful with what you're putting in your body. You know, it, it's, you need to take a deeper look at what you need to be doing for yourself. And if you really dive into it, I think that a lot of listeners and a lot of people out there that are suffering with PCS is going to discover that they have this new opportunity to rebuild themselves to the healthiest version that they can possibly be. And That's what I want people to take away from this. I want people to advocate for themselves. I want people to take care of themselves. And I want people to be true to themselves and make sure that you continue to do things that feel good in your life and let go of things that don't feel good for you.
0: It's Certainly an inspiring message for anyone who is suffering. So thank you for that. Thank you. So I always end with this one last question. So, Sarah, what is something you want to learn more about? And again, it does not have to be related to our conversation today about concussions.
1: Well, since my life revolves around concussions, um, I am just so inspired to learn as much as I possibly can about not just concussions, but it's really about mental health awareness. Everybody is suffering from some form of mental illness, whether you're aware of it or not, especially with the pandemic and this whole new life that everybody is living. And I am just so intrigued by the power of our mind and that learning about that and learning how you can heal yourself from any mental illnesses has become really, really near and dear to my heart. So just learning about that mind body connection, learning about, you know, being in that state of consciousness, learning who you truly are, learning to listen to yourself. I am just so inspired to learn about anything and everything that involves mental health awareness at this time.
0: Well, Sarah, thank you so much for your time. And your great story that you can share with all of our listeners. And thank you for coming on today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really happy that I could be here. Thanks
0: for tuning into the Have You Ever podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Do you have a topic you would like me to explore? I would love to hear from you. You can follow me on Instagram at haveyouever.podcast. Have a great day. And stay curious.